So the title of our message today is When Our Faith is Under Fire or, or Tested. We are now beginning a series that we will do for three months. So for three months, we will study the letter of James. Yes, there are only five chapters, but it will take us three months to study. I hope that after three months, you will master the content of that letter. So for today, our passage will be taken from James chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. So if you have your Bibles, you can open it or your uh, iPhones. Can you join me read the passage, James 1, verse 1? James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produce endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So it's a short passage, but I hope uh, we will find uh, beautiful things from it. Question number one. Who is this James? May kakilala ba kayong James? Ah, ba? Si James Taylor. Ayan. Si James Bond. Who do you think was this guy? James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus. Now, some of us may think that he was the James of the apostles. Because in the core group of Jesus, the twelve, there are three inner circles. And in that inner circle, you have John, James, and Peter. This guy cannot be the James of the apostles. Because that James died much earlier than this letter. He died 44 A.D. So more probably, the James who wrote this letter was the brother of Jesus. <gasps> Jesus has a brother? In Matthew 13, verse 35, Matthew wrote, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not Mary? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, and then Matthew mentioned four of them. James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Well, the Judas here is not the Judas, the apostle, or Iscariot. The Judas here is more likely the, let, the writer of the letter Jude. And his sisters, are they not all with us. In the Roman Catholic tradition, the priest will explain that the word brother in Matthew 13, 55 means apostles or disciples because Jesus has no brother. Well, the problem with that is there is no apostle named Simon. Well, there was Simon Peter. Yeah, Simon Peter, but not Simon. 
and there is no apostle named Joseph. So that argument will not hold water. Besides, Jesus has sisters. Now, the more learned Roman Catholic priest will say, Aha, uh -huh. well, but these are the children of Joseph in his first marriage. So Mary is the second wife, and with Mary, Joseph had only one son. Well, we can think of many possibilities, but I would rather stick it out with the Bible. That Jesus has four brothers and at least two sisters. No wonder when Jesus Christ appeared after the resurrection, before he appeared to the apostles, he appeared first to whom? According to Paul. He appeared first to James. Why James particularly? Well, later on, if you read the book of Acts, James will be the leader of the council of the church in Jerusalem. It was not Peter. And when Peter was incarcerated, and the church was praying for Peter to be released. Remember the story? Peter was knocking at the door. And then the servant girl opened the door. And then he, she closed it again. And then she went to the people who were praying for Peter. And she said, well, Peter is outside. And they were not believing. You know, sometimes when we are praying, we are not believing our prayers. And then when Peter appeared to them, he said to them, tell James. I have been out of prison. So James became a pillar of the church according to the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2 verse 9. So every time Paul will visit Jerusalem, he visited Jerusalem first time after his conversion in Galatians 1.19, he met first James. And then when he returned back to Jerusalem, he met again James. Why? Because James was the leader of the council in Jerusalem. But I like his introduction in his letter. Instead of introducing himself as the brother of Jesus. Now he did not do that. Instead, James introduced himself as the bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus. He would rather prefer to be identified as a slave, a servant of Jesus and not be aligned with him as his brother. Okay? So we have answered the first question. Who was the writer of the book? The second question was, to whom was the letter addressed or written to? In James 1, verse 1, you will find out James, the bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad. Well, when James was writing to the 12 tribes, during that time of Jesus, the 12 tribes were no longer prominent. But James was using that term, 12 tribes, to mean 
the Jewish followers of Jesus. The word Gentile was not used by James. In his letter, it was used in 11 other letters, particularly of Paul, but not of James. So when James was writing this letter, his target audience were the Jewish believers. And what was their condition? They were dispersed abroad. The Greek word used by James to refer to dispersed abroad was diaspora. Dia means through, and spero means scattered or dispersed. By the way, the word spero is the Greek word where we get the English word sperm. The sperm scattered inside the womb. So the Jewish believers to whom James was writing to were being persecuted, were being dispersed. The, their counterpart today are not OFWs because OFWs go out to find work abroad. But these are people who were being persecuted because of their faith. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we read, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting Stephen to death. So in Acts 8, Stephen was stoned to death. And on that day, a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem arose. And as a result, the disciples, the followers of Jesus in Jerusalem were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And later on in Acts chapter 11, you will find them being scattered in the regions of Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. My dear brethren, if you were forcefully exiled or scattered, how would you feel? If you are so used to living where you are and you are displaced because of hostility, what will be your response? You know, imagine the scenario. Jesus was preaching, doing miracles for three years. People were flocking to him. And then on that critical day, he was hung on the cross. And as a result, the disciples were scared. They scattered. And then the disciples were being persecuted. What will happen to your faith? You know, it's very difficult to answer that question today because we are very comfortable. But if you live or work in Middle East, like Riyadh, or, you know, like in Syria, in Lebanon, in Tunisia, and in other Muslim countries, it will be different. So James was writing to believers who are going through very difficult times. They were dispersed abroad. They were scattered. You know, their equivalent today 
maybe those who were uh, citizens of Syria who went out to the borders and they crossed the borders of Jordan and other countries. So how, how do we respond when our faith is under fire? James wrote something that is radical. And this is why many people don't want to be Christian. In the opening verse, James wrote, Consider it all karan, joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. What? I will rejoice, magsasaya ako, magpupuri ako, sa kabila ng mga problema ko. The word trial in the book of James is the Greek perasmos. It can be translated negatively as temptation. Or it can be translated positively as a test. Or the more common lingo today is board exam. One poster said, a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. You know, if your doctor has not passed the board exam or your architect has not passed the board exam or your accountant has not passed the board exam, will you trust them? Well, yes, yes, but not fully. So the testing, the exam is positive. When you are taking the exam, it is not positive. You know, it is stressful. You know, when you're taking the college students here, the high school student, if you are taking periodical exam or final exam, it is stressful. But after the exam, what happens? Especially if you pass. You are promoted to the next year. Now, something will be added to your name. Now you are called professional. Before, you are just called a worker. Now, you're no longer called a worker. You are called a professional. And you have a title. And what gave you the right to use that title? You pass the test. Another concept being attached to the word perasmos is the neutral term trial. Trial can go negative. Trial can go positive. So the trial of C.J. Sereno. Now, how do you respond to temptations? How do you respond to tests? How do you respond to trial? You know, many of us don't like them. But if you want to experience joy, according to James, you must avoid the tendencies of many people when they encounter trials. And there are seven tendencies. I found this in the poster. What are they? Look at the title of the poster. Seven things to give up if you want to experience joy. What are them? Number one, the tendency when we are going through trials or testing is to complain. What's the synonymous word for complaining? Grumbling. And who are known for grumbling and complaining? 
the Israelites who perished in the wilderness during their 40-year um, travel. Second tendency when we are going through trial is to blame others. Well, if you want to experience this kind of joy, you have to delete that in your, uh, in your life. Number three, negative self-talk. You know, when you are going to trial, you are saying, Siguro, tatanga-tanga kasi ako eh. Yan. Mahina ako eh. You know, no? remove that. Number four, is when you're going through trial, you just dwell on the past. Eh, kasi naman yung tatay ko, kasi naman yung nanay ko, kasi naman yung mga lolo't lola ko. Yan. If you want to experience joy during trials, you know, give that up. Number five, your resistance to change. Ayaw mong magbago. You don't want to move on. You don't want to change relationship. Ayaw na nga sa'yo. Nagmamakaawa ka pa. Yan. Pinagpalit ka na sa iba. Hawak ka pa ng hawak. Yan. Hey, wala kang joy eh. Iyak ka lang ng iyak. Number six. Needing the approval of others. Ang piniplis mo mga tao. Kaya hirap na hirap ka na eh. Kasi hindi mo na kaya, ginagawa mo pa rin para ma-please mo yung mga tao. You are carrying so much burdens that God has not laid on your shoulders and who laid them? People. And number seven, kaya ka walang joy kasi you are doubting God's good purpose for your life. Siguro, ganito na lang talaga ako. Palagi na lang akong bagsak. Palagi na lang akong napapahiya. Charles Spurgeon wrote, We are too prone to engrave our trials in marble. So pag in-engrave mo sa marble yung trial mo, nabubura pa ba? Mahirap. And write our blessings in the sun. So anong pag sinulat mo yung blessing mo sa sun, anong nangyayari? Madaling mabura. No? So si Job, asaka yung kanyang wife, when they were going through many blessings, no dialogue from Mrs. Job. But when Job lost his possessions, one by one, and his children, afterward, in the same day, anong sabi ni Mrs. Job? Anong sabi niya? You curse God, you curse God and die. Ano sa Tagalog? Sumpain mo yung Diyos mo, pakamatay ka na din. Yan. Ganyan ang mga response natin pagka masama loob natin at saka mababa yung ating moral. Anong sagot naman ni Job? Anong sagot niya? Anong sagot? <laughs> Sabi ni Job, tumanggap tayo ng maraming blessing kay God, hindi ba natin tatanggapin ang pagsubok? Sa lahat ng ito, hindi nakasala si Job. You know, sometimes, trials, are God's way of taking off our hands 
or taking our hands off of things that are not secure and putting them on only on the thing that is. And the thing that is secure is God himself. Kasi ayaw mong bitawan eh. Eh matagal ka nang binitawan pala. Pero hawak ka pa rin ng hawak. Bakit hindi ka humawak sa Panginoon? Kasi pag humawak ka sa Panginoon, hahawakan ka rin niya ng matibay. So, James will tell us how to manage our faith when it is under fire. Tingnan natin. Consider it all joy. Sorry ha, hindi ko ginagawa ito sa bread eh. Usually, ganito kami sa ATS. Pero, gawin ko lang sandali sa, sa bread. The word joy in Greek is kara. Ano? Kara. When you translate it, it is translated joy, gladness, and delight. The root word is kar. Kar. That is the same word where the word karis comes from. The word charis, in English, charito, charity, means grace. So you can rejoice amidst trials, amidst temptations, because while you are going through trials and testings, the grace of God is accompanying you all the way. So rejoicing in trials is a manifestation that you have the grace of God. Complaining and grumbling and blaming and questioning God and people during times of trial means the grace of God is not operating in your life. Let me repeat that. When you are able to rejoice despite trials, testings, it only manifests that there is grace in your life. You are able to exhibit kara because you have karis in your life. Let me show you two examples in the New Testament. The first one is a very familiar verse. 1 Corinthians 10.13 Paul wrote, Why will I be able to rejoice when I am going through trial and temptation? Paul wrote, well, because God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, God will provide a way of escape so that you are able to, to bear it. So God will not allow testing or trial if you are not able to overcome it. And even if you feel you will not overcome it, you just have to open your eyes and you will see a way out. You know, when I preached a long time ago, Hagar was in the wilderness and she was crying and crying. And also the son, the lad was also crying. And then the angel asked her, what's the matter with you, Hagar? 
What's the matter with me? My son is dying. And then the text says, God opened her eyes. And what did she see? She saw a well of water. Not just a, a skin of water. Not just a bottle of water. But a spring of water. So when we are going through trials, when we are going through temptations, don't tell your mind, God does not love me. God has forgotten me. God doesn't care. You know, you'll be depressed. But when you're going through trials, you need to practice rejoicing because amidst the trials, God is faithful and he will see to it that you will see a way out if not endure the trial. Okay? Second example. Paul had thorn in the flesh. Ano kaya yun? Sa Tagalog, ano ba yung thorn in the flesh? Tinik sa laman. Ayan. Kaya sabi ng iba, Ikaw talaga, tinik ka sa buhay ko. Ayan. So Paul had thorn in the flesh. And what did, he, what did he do? He prayed to God three times. Is that literal? Three times lang? That means Paul was really praying to God. And what was his prayer? That God removed it. Ganyan tayo, eh, di ba? Pag may problema, Lord, tanggalin mo yung problema. Pag yung asawa ang problema, Lord, tanggalin mo na siya. Yeah, ganyan na tayo, mag-pray, ano? But what was the response of God? He said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So a trying, a tempting circumstance may be an extremity, but actually it is an opportunity to experience the grace and the power of God. Therefore, Paul said, I will boast all the more of my weaknesses. You know, nowadays, lagay tayo ng lagay sa Facebook pag magaganda. Pero pag mga trials na, mga difficulties na, confidential na. Bakit? Kasi ayaw nating mapahiya eh. Ayaw nating masabi ng ibang tao na, ay, si ganon, may ganon. Siguro, etc. Opposite of Paul. Paul wrote, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Why? Sira na ba ulo niya? No. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am, when I am weak, then I am strong. Ayaw natin maging vulnerable. Ayaw natin sabihin sa tao na may sakit tayo, mahina tayo. Pero alam niyo, pag nalaman nilang mahina ka, may sakit ka, maaari kang pagtawanan. 
Pero kung gumaling ka, kung nakarecover ka, ano sasabihin nila? Ano kayang meron siya? So when we are rejoicing in the midst of trials, it is an opportunity for us to appropriate the charis, the grace of God. In verse 3, James gave a concrete explanation why we can rejoice in the midst of trials. He wrote, knowing. Knowing. Kasi minsan, pag kami mga pagsubok sa buhay, wala ka nang maisip kundi yung problema. But look at James. Knowing that the testing of your faith, ano daw? Produces Endurance. Ano ba sabihin endurance? Sa mga Bible translation, it means patience, it means steadfastness, it means perseverance. Pero tayo, ayaw natin yun. Gusto natin, pag may sakit tayo, gusto natin, pag may problema tayo, tapos na kaagad. Ayan. Gusto mo, pag manliligaw ka, sagot na ka agad. You know? Ano tayo, instant generation tayo. Eh, ano? Sanay tayo sa mga games. Eh. Gusto mo, matalo ka agad. Ayaw mo nung mahaba pang proseso. Pero sabi ni James, if you allow endurance or steadfastness or patience to complete its course, then you will be perfect. You will be complete. Lacking in nothing. Kaya maraming tao ngayon dissatisfied sa buhay. Kasi they have not gone through tough times. Mga spoiled it. Sanay nilang makuha yung gusto nila kaagad, ngayon. So pag may hindi sila nakukuha kaagad, nagwawala sila. Ayo natin ng mga bitter experiences. Sino mang may gusto ng ampalaya? Ba pero ngayon, yung mga pre-diabetic at saka yung mga diabetic, bili ng bili ng ampalaya ngayon. Kasi what seemed to be bitter initially has become a blessing in disguise. At sabi nga nung iba, When you have trials, it can make you bitter, it can make you better, or it can turn out for your best. No? A gem, according to Lucius Seneca, this statement is also attributed to Confucius. Hindi ko na alam kung sino sa kanila original. A gem cannot be polished without friction. Nor a man be perfected without trials. Bakit ba mahal ang diamond? Why is diamond more expensive than gold? Than silver? Than bronze? Than wood? Than cotton? 
Kasi yung diamond, ang lalim ng pinanggalingan, ang lalim ng hukay. Tapos nung makuha siya, nung madiscover ba siya, diamond na? Hindi eh. Para siyang coal, madumi siya. So anong gagawin? Anong talaga siya? No? Padadaanin siya sa matinding papolis. No? Yung mga Jew, sanay dyan eh. Tapos, ayan na. Mahal na. No? Napakaliit. Napakaliit-liit. Ang mahal-mahal. So pag dumadaan ka sa, sa pagsubok, sa trial, gusto lang ni God yung value mo na pagiging mahal, pagiging expensive, lumabas. Sorry again, ha? I like to apologize. Kasi pag sinabi mong steadfastness, pag sinabi mong uh, endurance, medyo hindi masyadong maliwanag eh. Pero yung Greek word maliwanag. The word endurance is hupo meno. Hupo means under. Meno is staying under and continuing on, not quitting. Yung bang ang bigat-bigat ng dala mo, bigat-bigat, pero hindi ka nakukwit. You continue on bearing up, on carrying the load. That's the concept of endurance. Hindi lang tumatakbo ka, then may dala-dala ka, pero hindi ka nag-give up. How can one endure when the test is too difficult when the trial is too heavy, when you are so tired, and worse, God seemed to be silent. Pastor, kaya kong buhatin, kaya kong tiisin ang lahat ng problema. Basta si God magsasalita lang sa akin. Pero bakit wala siyang word? How come wala siyang voice? Alam niyo may nakita akong sagot doon. Hindi ko lang kung sino sumulat nito eh. Sabi, sometimes when you wonder why you cannot hear God's voice during your trials, remember the teacher is always quiet during the test. Diba? At kahit yung teacher nagsasabi, shh, tayinig ko. Ewan ko kung tama yan sa pinag-uusapan natin. <laughs> Okay, let's go to concrete examples. You know, in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, look at that statement. You know, when we feel we are going through a long trial, halimbawa, yung sakit mo eh, apat na buwan na. Yung away niyong mag-asawa, eh, apat na pong araw na kaya hindi nag-uusap. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 says, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you. Saan? In the wilderness, how long? 40 years? Ano ba itsura ng wilderness? Ate Chit. Kuya Ads, ano itsura ng wilderness? Ha? Walang puno, walang tubig, 
at doon kadadaan 40 years? Bakit? Sigat ba cruel? Sigat ba masokista? Akala ko ba mga people niya yon? Akala ko ba mga inheritance na yon? Bakit niya padadaanin doon? May purpose si God. He might, ano daw, humble you. Testing you to know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep His commandments or not. Kasi doon sa 2 to 3 million people na lumabas doon sa Egypt, hindi natin alam talaga kung sino talaga doon ang may faith eh. So verse 3, He humbled you and, ano daw, let you be, what? God will let me be hungry? Pero may purpose siya. And fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he may make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Ilang taon sila kumakain ng mana? 40 years. May namatay ba ng gutom? Can you recall anybody among the 2 to 3 million people who died because of hunger? In the wilderness. Wala. Bakit? Hindi naman sila nagtatanim. Hindi sila umaani. Hindi sila nagtatrabaho. But God fed them with manna for 40 years. Para maintindihan nila that God can take care of them. Eh, bakit? Pagkain lang ba ang, pagkain lang ba ang kailangan ng tao? Paano yung mga damit? O di tingnan natin, ano sabi sa verse 4? Hindi nila kailangan mag-shopping eh. Bakit? Your clothing did not wear out on you. Hindi nasisira yung mga damit nila. Pag lumalaki sila, lumalaki din yung damit. Aba. Eh tayo, kada taon eh, bibili ka. Bakit? Eh lumalaki yung anak mo eh. Eh ito, pati yung damit nila, lumalaki. Ano pa daw? Eh paano yung kanilang paa? Aba. Pati yung paa nila, hindi namamaga, hindi nagpapautos. Bakit? Eh wala namang gawaan dun sa wilderness. Travel lang sila ng travel. So may kinakain sila araw-araw, yung damit nila, hindi naman nasisira, yung sapatos nila, ewan natin bakit hindi naman nagpapautos ang paa nila, eh samantalang tayo, sandali lang tayo maglakad sa mall, napapautos yung paa natin, eh, eh sila 40 years. Eh, ano ba purpose ni God? Bakit 40 years? Kasi, dun sa dulo, dun sa dulo ng kanilang trial, Doon sa dulo ng testing, sabi sa Deuteronomy 8.7, the Lord is bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks of water, fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, in which you will not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills 
you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you will bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you. So pag nagtatravel tayo, pag we are going through testing, wag lang tayong tumingin do sa kasalukuyan. Kasi mapapagod ka, madidiscourage ka. Tingin ka doon sa purpose ni God. Jeremiah 29.11, ano sabi? Thus is the Lord. Ano daw? I have plans for you. Anong klaseng plano? To prosper you, not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. So ang prayer natin, hindi ganito. Lord, bigyan mo ako ng kwarta, kwarta, kwarta. Ganyan ang mga gusto natin eh. No? Kwarta o kahon. Yan, ganyan, ganyan ang buhay natin eh. Ano? Kwarta o kahon. Ano? Ang prayer dapat natin, Lord, open my eyes that I may see your good, prosperous, and wonderful plan for my life and my family. Jeremiah 3 verse 3 says, Call upon me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. E tayo, pag nai-insecure na, pag magtitrenta ka na, wala ka pang boyfriend o girlfriend, kahit sino na lang. Kasi hindi mo mapagtiwalaan si God na may inihahanda siyang mabuti, maganda, magpapasaya talaga sa'yo. Sabi mo, pagtiisan ko na to. O yan, nagtitiis ka tuloy. Sampung taong ka na nagtitiis. Kasi hindi ka nagtiwala sa Panginoon. Let's go to the encouragement naman sa New Testament. You know, the, the Lord has sown seed, the Word of God. At may apat na klaseng nakikinig. Yung una, nakikinig, pero matigas ang puso. So yung kanila napapakinggan, the devil comes and takes away. So hindi sila naniwala, hindi sila na-save. Pangalawa, nakinig sila. Aba, natuwa! Kaya lang, walang ugat eh. Naniwala, pero nung dumating yung temptation, nawala. Tapos yung pangatlo naman, nakinig, Pero sa dami ng mga problema, sa dami ng mga worry, sa dami ng mga pagnanasa, mga plano, ayun, hindi nagmature ang kanyang bunga. But look at the fourth. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who heard the word in honest and good heart, hold it fast, and bear fruit, ano daw, with our word, yung word natin, with, with hupomene with perseverance, with endurance. So pag may promise ang Panginoon, panghawakan mo siya. Huwag mo siyang bibitawan, ano Ate Yoli? Kasi pag binitawan mo siya, lalo kang, lalo kang mawiwindang. Ang nangako sa'yo, hindi tao. Ang nangako sa'yo, ang Diyos. Pag siyang nangako, hindi siya magsisinungaling. Hindi siya magbabago ng isip. Tutuparin niya ang kanyang pangako. In 1984, for the first time, there was a marathon for women. First time. 
And then this lady, si Gabriela Andersen Skis, Suisya. The year before, tumakbo siya sa isang race, isang marathon sa US, at nanalo siya, siya yung champion. Tapos, the next year, sumali siya sa marathon sa LA. So, yung kanyang record, siguro mga panglima. Although wala siya sa mga favorite ng crowd, favorite ng newspaper, wala. So, sumali lang siya doon. Ito yung kanyang kwento. Ang tatakbuhin mo ay 42 kilometers. Pastor, gano'ng kalayo yung 42 kilometers? Brother Joel, 42 kilometers ba o 42 miles? Ang marathon. Ha? Kilometers. Okay. Ganito lang naman kalapit yun. Nandun ka sa crossing, tatakbo ka pumuntang monumento. 10 kilometers yan. Babalik ka uli. Pupunta ka uli sa monumento. Babalik ka uli. So, yan ang mga 42 kilometers. Tapos, in 1984, ang ruling, meron lang limang water stations na pwede kang kumuha ng tubig. Kaya lang, si Gabriela, si Gabby, 39-year-old, tumatakbo siya, hindi niya napansin yung panglima. So, hindi siya nakakuha ng tubig. So, nade-dehydrate siya. So, nung pumasok siya doon sa stadium, meron pang 400 meters. So, ganyan ang, ganyan ang takbo niya. Ay, uh, ano na siya? Yung, hindi na tuwid yung paa niya. Her torso twisted. Her left arm limp. Her right leg mostly seized. Tapos, tinakbo na siya ng mga doktor. Pero, pinalis niya. Kasi basta may humipo sa'yo, disqualified ka na. So, anong ginawa ni Gabi? Eh, meron pang 400 uh, meters. So, ganyan na itsura niya. Alam nyo, sabi niya, pag hindi ko ito itinapos, 39 na ako, hindi na ako pupwede sa susunod. So, tatapusin ko to. Yung mga doktor, nakabantay, kasi tinitingnan nila kung yung direksyon niya, papunta pa doon, although gumigiwang-giwang siya, pero na-maintain pa rin niya yung linya niya. Saka slowly-slowly siya nagpo-forward. Nung kinwestiyon yung doktor, bakit hindi mo tinulungan si Gabi? Sabi niya, kasi nakita ko, pinapawisan pa siya eh. Habang pinapawisan pa siya, pwede pa. So, Gabi reached the finish line in a record that was even faster than the gold medal winner in the first five marathons. Alam nyo, yung nanalo dyan sa Olympic game na yan, hindi masyadong kilala yung top three. Pero siya ang bida. Bakit? Kasi tapos na yung iba eh. Pang number 37 siya eh, na nakatapos. Pero habang gaganong-ganon siya, yung crowd, palakpak ng palakpak yung crowd. Hindi umalis yung crowd. Yan ang perseverance. That was 1984 Summer Olympics. Eight years later, eto na yung paborito ni Elder Toivitz. Yan. Si Derek Redmond. In 1992, Summer Olympics in Barcelona. So, pinakamabilis siyang runner 
ng Britain do sa 400 meter relay. So inexpect nila Britain will be first in 400 in 400 uh, relay. Kaya lang on the way yung hamstring doon, hamstring ba 'yon? Nalagot. So tumumba siya. Tapos Kapag ganyan katatakbo ka pa, kasi wala na eh. Hindi ka na aabot. Pero alam nyo, tumayo siya. In pain. In pain siya. Tiniis niya. Tapos, nung hindi niya nakaya, somebody from the crowd run to, run to the field, hinaharangan ng mga gwardiya, pero tumakbo pa din, tinulungan siya. yung tatay niya. Alam nyo, yung crowd, hindi rin umalis. They were clapping, they were cheering hanggang makarating siya sa finish line. By the way, ang decision ng Olympic Committee, he did not finish. Bakit? Hindi humawak eh. Medi- But, as far as those 62,500 people in the stadium, he was a winner. So, madalas, gusto na natin mag-quit eh. When we are going through tough times, ayaw na natin. Pero alam nyo, kapag tumigil tayo, hindi lang tayo ang talo. Pati yung cost ng Diyos natin talo. Pero pag nagtuloy-tuloy tayo, hindi lang tayo panalo. Hindi lang ang Diyos ang panalo. Pati lahat yung mga nanunood, nakakaalam ng istorya natin. mananalo rin sila. So to summarize, when our faith is under fire, anong response natin? Magtanong, magcomplain, maggive up. James is saying, "No. You rejoice. You remain." Bakit? Kasi may magandang resulta na mangyayari. The same sermon, sinermony Peter, look at the same statement. You greatly rejoice even now for a little while. A little while lang naman yan eh. If necessary, you had been distressed by various trials. Why? So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Anong magandang mapakita when we are going through trials? Though you do not see God, though you do not hear Him, though you do not see Jesus, yet you love Him. Though you do not see Him now, yet you believe in Him. Anong resulta? You will greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible. So yung inexpressible joy, experience ng mga tao na going through tough times and they continue to run the race. I like to end the sermon by quoting two passages in scriptures. The one is uh, Hebrews 12 verse 1. Kaya ko ginamit example yung running ni Redmond at saka ni Skis. Kasi yan ang image sa imagery sa Hebrews 12 1 eh. Therefore, since we are surrounded by great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside 
every weight, every sin that easily ensnare us and let us run with hupomene, with perseverance, the race that is set before us. At habang tumatakbo ka, hindi mo tinitingnan yung sakit ng paa. Hindi mo tinitingnan yung mga kalaban na malayo na. Hindi mo tinitingnan yung mga tao although nakakatulong yung cheer nila. Yung mata mo, yung mata mo, nandun kay Jesus. Eh bakit naman nandun kay Jesus ang mata ko? Kasi sabi sa verse 2, fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author, He is the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, is scorning the shame, but He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Pero alam nyo, naka-impress akin yung verse 3. Consider Him who endured. Who, who pomene, who endured what? Such hostility from sinners. Bakit pinagtiisan ni Jesus ang mga panunuya, ang mga kasakitan, ang mga saksak na binigay sa Kanya? He endured those things lest you become weary and discouraged. Noong binabata ng Panginoon yung kanyang mga sakit, tiniis niya yon para kayo at ako hindi mag-quit, para ako at kayo hindi mag-give up, para magtuloy-tuloy din tayong tumakbo. Kasi ang pangako ng Panginoon, we are more than conquerors because of Him who loved us. Let me close this. If we hupomeno, sabi ni Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man meno remains in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. So yung tao daw na mahilig mag-quit, mahilig mag-give up, walang bunga yan. Pero yung mga tao na nagpapatuloy, despite the trial, despite the temptations, they continue to to be faithful, they continue to hold on to Christ, they will bear fruit. If you meno, if you abide in me, and my words meno in you, Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Just as the Father loved me, I also love you. Meno, remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will meno in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and meno in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full to the overflow. Alam niyo, maraming Christians ngayon, wala ng joy eh. Complain na lang ng complain. Grumble ng grumble. Bakit? Kasi quit tayo ng quit eh. We are not holding on. We are not carrying on with the faith we have in Jesus. Yung mata natin, hindi na sa Panginoon nakatungo. Palagi na lang nakatuon sa pera. Palagi nakatuon sa ibang tao. Palagi nakatuon sa problema. 
I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So when we are going through trials, when the people around us are going through trials, where will we focus our eyes? Sabi ni James, sabi ni Peter, sabi ng psalmist, we need to focus our eyes on him who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Let us pray. Our God, you know that some people in this congregation are getting tired. Getting tired of trials, getting tired of temptations. But Lord, thank you that you did not get tired loving us. You did not get tired being patient with us. You even completed your work on the cross, your sacrifices, your suffering on the cross for us. So Lord, enable us to discover what James was saying, that when we encounter various trials and distresses, that we rejoice. And Peter was saying, greatly rejoice. And thank you, Lord, because we have learned that when your grace is in us, that grace will enable us to rejoice and to overcome even the biggest and deepest trial. Lord, thank you that we are more than conquerors in Christ. Not because we are good, not because we are strong, but our Jesus, our Lord, our Savior is good and he did not quit. If there is anyone here and you're so tired, why don't you open your eyes and fix it to Jesus? Come to him. Those of you who are worried, those of you who are tired, those of you who are nearing to give up and Jesus promised I will give you rest and you will find not only rest for your soul you will discover that inexpressible joy that only Jesus can give in his name we pray Amen, Amen.